0: Uh, I'm back and we have some really exciting um, episodes coming up for you. Some other great content we'll talk a little bit about later on in the episode, but I wanted to get right to it. Um, We have a super special guest with us tonight for various reasons. Number one, because she is our first Olympic weightlifter. Yay! We've had a strong man, we've had some power lifters, so I was really excited to talk to her and I also am excited because she is a doctor of chiropractic and um, we are going to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about what that means, what it means as a strength athlete and what it means as a black woman. So I would like to welcome Dr. Crystal Lester to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Please say hi and tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Hello. So yes, I am a chiropractor and an Olympic weightlifter based out of Metro Detroit. And so awesome. primarily, I see a lot of you know weightlifters and crossfitters. Um, that's who I want to target. So
0: yeah. awesome. Thanks again for joining us tonight, Miss Crystal. Um, so what do you go by, Dr. Crystal? Do you go by what do you go by?
1: I go by Dr. Crystal. You know, just okay. Cool. Cool.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So I guess, um, like I said, first, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, one of the things that I love about doing this and really bringing um, exposure to these different strength sports and black women who are participating in them is that, you know, we're still, I think, for all intents and purposes, more the exception than the rule when it comes to um, powerlifting, only lifting, crossfitting, and strongman. So, you know, just the fact that you know there is a, a young black woman participating in, in only lifting is super, super intriguing and impressive to me. Um, I would love to do it, but the way that my old ass joints are set <laughs> up, <laughs> I think my time has passed. Anyway, I, I do even in you know when I have um, when I crossfit, I just I love the movements so much. I think they're so technical and so beautiful when they come together. So um, I'm really excited to dig a little bit more into that. So tell us a little bit about how you got into Olympic weightlifting.
1: Okay. So I was doing CrossFit um, about 2012. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to take a hiatus because I had to have surgery. But then Mm -hmm. coming back, um, I just wanted to, you know, gain my strength. You know, it was like Mm -hmm. I found it so frustrating and I couldn't, you know, properly get a hold of the snatch it's super technical and I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. so you know um during the weekends they would have like you know this casual Olympic weightlifting class so I would start you know going to that and then you know I just got hooked on to it you know Mm -hmm. and I'm like I just felt like my body responded more to those types of short quick bursts you know of of action rather than you know a mat con so right yeah so it fit my muscle fibers better you know i felt Mm -hmm. comfortable and i just fell in love after that
0: yay awesome so real quick um maybe we can do a quick tutorial tell us exactly what olympic weightlifting is i think sometimes people think oh well you know, I was telling my son earlier I was going to talk to you, and he was like, You mean she's been to the Olympics? I was like, no, right. exactly. <laughs> Although it is an Olympic sport, right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about briefly what that is.
1: All right, so we call it Olympic weightlifting to differentiate between you know, you have bodybuilding and powerlifting, right. and just plain right. old weightlifting. So, Olympic weightlifting, because it is in the Olympics, um, mm-hmm. there is two tested movements the snatch, which is one movement. You Mm -hmm. start out in your setup in a squat position and then you lift it overhead in one motion. The clean and Mm -hmm. jerk um, is two movements. So you have Mm -hmm. to clean it first, stand it up, and jerk it. Um, So, right now, you can compete on a local level. Mm -hmm. And then if you want more experience, you know, to get some feel of, like, a bigger national meet, you can do the American Open Series, which they just introduced last year. Mm -hmm. And then if your totals are high enough, then you could compete, you know, in American Open Final. You can go to Nationals. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, Pan Ams and, you know, Internationals, if you get to that, that spot. Yeah.
0: Right. Awesome. So um, prior to getting into um, crossfitting and only weightlifting, like sort of what was your relationship with sports and fitness? Were you like always athletic as a kid or did you find it later on in life or how did that work?
1: I just I feel like I was naturally athletic anyway i would always race with my cousins like barefoot mm-hmm. outside you know whatever mm-hmm.
0: you know <laughs> i always
1: had like these big like legs but mm-hmm. um for some reason i don't know i was just so shy like i i wanted my mom to sign me up for gymnastics and mm-hmm. first day i quit because i was like oh my god i'm Aww. in a tart <laughs> you know for a three and four year old to think that way that's, that's right. hilarious so yeah. um it wasn't until i want to say like eighth grade uh, I started to get into taekwondo so mm-hmm. I did that for like four years I got my black belt in that, and I really enjoyed that it was very technical super mm-hmm. mental you know right. I had to break boards jump over people that type yes. of thing that was super mm-hmm. fun so you know me my brother my mom we all got into it oh cool yeah cool. and so I uh, went to college kind of fell off you know gotten the whole slack of studying all the time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I went into chiropractic school I just really got back into getting, you know, fit. Right. So, you know, I had a colleague of mine, we would go out to the rugby field with some other colleagues and we would mm-hmm. do at the time I didn't know what it was called, you know, but lo and behold it was CrossFit. So we would we would do that for, you know, hour to two hours and it was brutal. Wow. Yeah. And um and you know the weight started coming off, and I was like, "Okay, this is exciting. You know, this is really cool." And um, at the time, like I was dating the guy who's now my husband. So when mm-hmm. we moved to Detroit, we were like, "Okay, we need to continue this. So let's find a local mm-hmm. CrossFit gym." And,
0: Where know, are you from originally? I'm originally from Memphis. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: I like so that. Girl, from the south. From
0: Okay. Yes. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous food. <laughs> Ooh, yes, child. Um, cool, that's that's interesting. So, um, in addition to that, so you mentioned a little bit about like, and I think it's something that a lot of us have sort of suffered or, or dealt with, particularly as young black women, because we usually are not the standard by which mm-hmm. uh beauty or you know fitness or things are measured. Right. Um, how has Olympic weightlifting changed or affected your relationship with your body and your body image?
1: Um,
0: and if it's you like, you know, and did you ever have any issues with that prior?
1: So uh, there was a, a time where I was I thought I was chunky, you know what I mm-hmm. mean. And um, after CrossFit, and you know, got into weightlifting, I was like, wow, like I'm not chunky. What was I thinking? I'm like, right. you know, if you have a muscular build, and you know, of course, you know, there you have a higher body fat percentage. You know, you're mm-hmm. gonna look a little bit bulkier. Right. So. I was like, okay, like, and then, you know, I was like, okay, I'm good, whatever, right,
2: right. you know,
1: but then, you know, um, coming home for the holidays, you'll get these comments like, oh, wow. Why would you do that to yourself? Your show, you're so bulky. Like, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. you think you should stop lifting? And I'm like, listen, I like the way I look, so right. I'm not going <laughs> to stop. that girl. I know
0: that's right. Yeah. Um, so now that you are into Olympic weightlifting, would you say that? Your goals are more sort of focused on the functionality for the sport, or do you still sort of maintain some aesthetic, you know, sort of goals? Or like, how do you balance those two? Because I mean, let's be clear. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I get it. You, we want to be strong. That's why we do these sports. But I think we also enjoy, you know, feeling good about the way we look and and the way we look in our clothes or out of our clothes or to our partners or whatever. So how do you like balance those two?
1: I think because Olympic weightlifting is so it's a weight class sport. So right. Um, you know, if you get seasoned, you know, you end up picking a weight class. And so, for me, mm-hmm. when I was at, you know, at my weight class, I don't have a six-pack. And so, right. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to have to roll with it. And I'm okay mm-hmm. without having a six-pack. As long as, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at my back, you know, my back has abs. That's that's how right, I right the trail.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. They're just right. in the back, not the front.
1: <laughs> right. So, um, in terms of Olympic weightlifting, I do like it because it keeps... You know, my joints, everything healthy I mm-hmm. I like the functionality Of it
2: um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I like the love Of the sport
0: So do you, um, you mentioned um, You know, competing in whatever weight Class you compete in, do you So do you typically train Like kind of off season In, in a specific weight class and then Either cut or bulk to, to compete Or do you try to keep it around The same all year long, like how do you manage That?
1: So When you're, when I'm not bulking, I like to keep it, you know, two kilos above, you know, just to give myself some buffer and then maybe six weeks or eight weeks out, you know, then I'll start trying to cut. We're doing a bulk, you know, um, like right now, like I'm, I'm like five kilos over. So, um, I don't worry about trying to cut for the next meet. I just go in at whatever mm-hmm. I weigh and I'll be mm-hmm. in, you know, the next weight class up. So, okay.
0: Okay. And you don't, you don't have any, cause I, I think, uh, something I've noticed just in this short amount of time that I've, I've been into, into more so powerlifting, mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of folks with struggle that struggle with that whole weight class perception and what that's supposed to look like and all mm-hmm. of that. So I was just curious if you are a little bit more laid back about it, um, I think also
1: picking a weight class, a lot of people, they get confused and it's like Mm -hmm. you have to be reasonable when you pick a weight class because when you look at uh, your height for an example, you know, there's an optimal body weight for your height and you got to take that into consideration as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm.
0: Now I know that recently, I guess maybe earlier this year or late last year, I believe the weight class has actually changed Mm -hmm. for um only weight lifting like were you you know really affected by that or are you kind of like whatever was it like a good thing for you bad thing like how did that affect you for
1: me it was a good thing because you know it changed to the weight that i'm comfortable walking around in you know oh, okay. so i can wake mm-hmm. up no problem i can cut down that weight so right. it's good for me i didn't have to think about you know going into the sauna and like doing right gary and right. boils and all that stuff
0: okay i don't even know what that is but it sounds <laughs> crazy. What on earth is a Bulgarian boil?
1: Okay. It's like this old school thing. So basically what you want to do is get the water super hot and uh-huh. hot in a tub. And then uh-huh. you kind of submerge yourself, you know, um, not too much, but you want to get like the huge muscles involved, you know, right, so you're trunk right, right, your
0: thighs, mm-hmm.
1: depending on how much weight you need to lose, you can sit in there from anywhere between 10 to 20 minutes. Okay, sit there. Right. Uh-huh, then immediately take some blankets and like a bunch of blankets and just wrap yourself in a burrito um and oh lay gosh. in the bed for 20 minutes and it's gonna feel like you're having the flu
2: oh it's, my gosh
1: and yeah oh it's, my it's not fun that's like look kid look kids scenario. do not
0: try this at home yeah, no <laughs> no oh my gosh that is serious for the things we do i tell you oh yeah um so one of the other things I wanted to touch on a little bit because again that was sort of the whole impetus behind um, you know this podcast and sort of this movement with the chocolate bar. Um, I imagine, like I said, and maybe it's changed a little bit from now to when you know from the time that you started this, but I imagine that there still aren't necessarily what one could would consider to be a lot of African American women participating in Olympic weightlifting. Um, how has that affected you? Um, if at all, in terms of, of, you know, sort of wanting to be in the sport or or moving through the sport?
1: Uh, I would say it really, um, before, like, a lot of the bigger names, like, came on, I was just like, I did not really have anybody to follow. Like, I Mm -hmm. was more so following women based off, oh, okay, well, she's got the same body type right right but now you know um somebody tagged me in like jenny arthur's like videos Mm -hmm. like i think Mm -hmm. four years ago and i was like wow she wears her hair like me and this is so cool like uh, Mm -hmm. you know i had a target i was like okay like i gotta set some goals because like i want to be just like her
0: right right you know
1: what i'm saying like she had like great technique and i was like okay like Mm -hmm. she's awesome
0: yeah I mean it's really important to be able to see yourself you know and I don't right. think I realized that i don't think yeah. I realized how much that was true until you know again sort of this started of you know started with us and sisters of powerlifting and you know, um, Queens weightlift like it, it just, it, it does something every day when I can log on social media and see all these images of all these amazing women, even if we're doing different things or we uh-huh. look different or have different body types, you know, it just brings a smile to my face, you know? And oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So,
1: and even something is different is, um, how do, if you have natural hair and, and working out, you know, yes. I don't see a lot of people talking about that. So to exactly. see somebody with natural hair working out, it's like, give me some tips. How do you do it? Right,
0: (laughs) right. Or even, you know, and I think, and and this is something I kind of wanted to touch upon too, you know, again, when you look at certain sports, or again, you look at sort of what's being touted as sort of representative of certain sports, you, you start to wonder, okay, well, I'm not tall and thin with long limbs. Mm -hmm. So, how am I going to be able to sort of adjust the technical movements of the snatch and the clean for me? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I got a big old booty. I got big boobs. Right. Like, how is that? Right. How am I? I'm short. How am I going to use mm-hmm. those things to my advantage? And I think, you know, not necessarily seeing that it can probably be a little discouraging, um, right. you know, for folks. So do you have any advice for, for you know, sisters who maybe, you know, are a little, um, you know, thicker side or like, you know, whatever that don't have that prototypical look you know to um, you know any advice for them that want to try the sport out or you know words of encouragement
1: um, well I know I typically don't have the ideal body type because I mm-hmm. have you know long femurs you know long limbs and a short torso so it's mm-hmm. really hard to stay upright in the movements mm-hmm. so what I would say is you know it's always cool to find someone with your similar body type and You know, everybody likes, you know, that deep squat, you know, that ultra flexibility. But, you know, there's several people who have made it work for them. Right. So that's what I would say. Like, um, unless you have, like, some limiting factors where, you know, you've broken your ankles a couple of times and you Mm -hmm. have, like, you know, not too mobile mobility in an area, you know. Right. Otherwise, you know, you can make it work for you.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about... um? Age-wise, as I think, you know, again, that's been kind of one of my things. I'm like, well, I think I missed my cutoff by about 10 years. But are there older women that are doing only weightlifting?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, All the time. Like, I've seen a 60-year-old, 65-year-old lifting weights, you know. It may not be a lot of weight. um, Right, right. But, you know, they're doing it to stay fit and for that functional aspect of it, you know. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And then what do you say to, you know, you, you're always going to find those naysayers that, you know, for whatever reason, either they think their thing is the best or they have never even tried it, but they want to be talking shit about, you know, oh, CrossFitters and their, you know, their backs <laughs> are going to go out and, oh, the weightlifting, their joints is not functional, da-da-da-da. Like, what do you say to those folks who... Um, you know, again, or maybe they're interested, but they're like, well, you know, I'm not trying to get to the Olympics. I just want to stay in shape. Like, how is Olympic weightlifting beneficial for that?
1: Well, you know, the whole argument over, you know, you shouldn't do CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting is dangerous. You have to kind of backtrack and figure out where that argument is coming from, you know, right. Back when, you know, in the 80s, you know, you know, Olympic weightlifting, you know, there was a the whole thing against it. You know, you should probably right. just be safe and, like, work on these machines in the global gym. And that's where right. it came from, you know. It's right. like you're pulling your attention away from, like, this up-and-coming industry that is, mm-hmm. you know, machines in the global gym. So, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, when you walk into the CrossFit gym or Olympic weightlifting, just be honest with the coach. Tell them, you know, what have you done? What are you uncomfortable with? Mm-hmm. And then just hear them out and have fun with it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, like, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't have, like, harsh ideas, like, in the back of your mind, you know, just go into it with an open mind. Open mind, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you, are you currently working with a coach?
1: Yes. Okay,
0: cool. Um, And then, are you, uh, so where are you kind of in the, in your competitive season? Are you sort of, are you getting ready to compete? Did you just compete? Like, what do you have going on?
1: So, I did um, one of the AO series Um, and so I took kind of like a break just to get my technique down and Mm -hmm. then you know I did a bulking and I'm having some issues there you know Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. I haven't been this big for so long so I'm like okay Mm -hmm. now it's time to cut so um, my next competition I'm looking to do in November oh okay Yeah. So we'll see
0: about that. Yeah. So two things I wanted to touch upon with you real quick. Um, So in terms of your training, I know you mentioned you were working with a coach. Like, can you take us through like what a typical week of training looks like? And then the second part of that is, um, do you just focus on the lifts or do you do any sort of accessory work as well? And if so, what what kind of work do you do?
1: Okay. So I'm going to pull up a little sample. So... um, (laughs) So right now I'm doing a five-day week um, program, and it's mm-hmm. it usually lasts two hours. This Ooh. cycle, mm-hmm. um, you know, I start off with back squats already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's higher higher volume.
0: Right. And then
1: um, I go into my snatch, clean and jerk, and then mm-hmm. we do you know some pulls. So it could mm-hmm. be you know snatch pulls, clean pulls, or you got your deadlifts. Right. Um, and then you'll round it out with um. You know something like a strict press mm-hmm. um, right now I'm trying to work on getting my posterior chain a lot stronger so you know I'll do RDL's uh, do like some back exercises with that so mm-hmm. um, I try to do accessory every session so okay. and then on rest days I'll just move around with the bar mm-hmm. um, depending on the day, if I know it's a lighter training day, like if I have the power movements, you know, so mm-hmm. power snatch, power clean and jerk where, you know, basically um, they're lighter in weight and you don't squat all the way down, which is why right. I call it power. So okay. I'll do, I'll add in a wad you know, that day. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and then I also wanted to know, um, so if, when you are competing in Olympic weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. And you're out there and you're on the platform. You, know, you do your you have your sort of movements um are there any cues that the judges give you or do you just go in there and go for it like you know with powerlifting you know start press rack or whatever for bench or you know okay. squat for so what 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 does that look like for you
1: uh, basically, at the meet, what will happen is they'll they'll call you up. Um, mm-hmm. Some announcers will tell you if you're next up in line. Some announcers will tell you if you're two lifts away. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say the clock is set. So mm-hmm. you'll go out. Um, whatever routine you have, you know, I like to take a, a breath in, you know, feel mm-hmm. grounded, you know, relax any tense muscles I may have in my traps. And then I usually pick a spot on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and then I just... I lift it, you know, it's
0: just
1: okay. yeah. Not a lot of thought that goes in, right. you know, it's game time, so you just gotta react, you know.
0: Do you have to complete the lift within a certain amount of time?
1: So they so basically you can either get a one minute clock or a two minute clock depending on whatever. But mm-hmm. um, when that buzzer goes off, like you have to do it within that frame. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Um, and then, what are the judges looking for? Like, you know, obviously, again with a with a deadlift, when you you know pull up, you got to stand straight up, can't hitch. You know, depth with a squat. You mm-hmm. know, same thing with bench. What are they looking for with the snatch and with the clean and jerk to right. determine whether or not you got the lift?
1: Right. So as a referee myself, what we're looking for. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah. Know that girl. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We are looking for complete lockout. so by the mm-hmm. time, so in a snatch, by the time your feet hit the ground and you're in that, that catch position, your right. arms need to be fully locked out at the same time, mm,
2: so okay. it can't
1: be like a continuation of reaching, you know what I mean? Right, Um, right. Clean, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for you to clean it in, a, in that full rack position. Right. So you can't have your elbow touch your knee at the bottom. That's automatic. Mm. Drop the bar. Interesting.
2: Um, okay. You can't
1: do what's a dirty clean. So you clean it and it may be sitting like on your clavicles and you go to raise your elbows up into that rack position. You know, you can't do that. Um, oh. Same thing with your jerk. Um, you can't bend your elbows, it has to be a complete lockout when you're done okay. with, uh, with the feet
0: right so is it one of those things where like if you okay so let's say you you are doing your cleaning jerk and you clean it you jerk it overhead like do you have to completely stop moving before you can say you got the because you know sometimes you see people and they're taking a step forward or they're kind of or they're doing a helicopter right exactly Oh, my God. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, Yeah. So are there any rules with that? Or is it just like once you settle in, you got to be elbows locked and it's fine.
1: So your feet have to be within the same plane and you have to stop moving. Um, Okay. And then like a lot of people, they drop it before they get the down signal. You know, that's automatic red.
0: Oh, so there is a signal to put the weight back down.
1: Yeah, so you'll oh. get, so at the national meets, you'll see, like, that flashlight and, like, that right. beep. And then at local meets, they might have it, but more more than likely, it'll just be their hand. They'll just mm-hmm. stay down.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm interesting. Oh, wow. And then, um, so once you go through all that, then I'm assuming, like, uh, powerlifting, you get a total for each you know, lift and that, that combined total sort of figures out where you are or how does that work?
1: Right. So you get three attempts in the snatch and three attempts in the clean and jerk. And so, um, yeah, like if you're at a national level, you can get a medal for the snatch, the clean and jerk and the total. Oh, okay. Uh, But on the local level, it's just, you know,
0: your total. Okay. And then outside of weight classes, do they have divisions like juniors, a masters, open, like how does that work?
1: Oh yeah. They have youth, junior, uh, open and they have masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, Gosh, even. You th- make it sound like so much fun. Yeah, so, like, you know, <laughs> the girl, they have like world masters championships. Ugh. So, wow. like, you'll see everybody up there, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Um, So have you, so you have competed on a national level before. Has that kind of been sort of where you have gotten to, or sort of are you more do local, regional type needs?
1: Yeah. So last year, uh, I went to the American Open final, and that's been, you know, a goal of mine is to go back, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. increase my totals, and actually make it to nationals, because I'm not that far off from that total okay. so you know that's been a goal of mine but the thing is is like you can have all the strength in the world but like if you don't have like that mental game like it right. could just crush you you know like yeah you train all this time and you only have those six attempts to yes. yeah yeah
0: yeah, how do you keep yourself in the game mentally? I mean, I, I imagine, you know, especially, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this in a little bit, like you, I'm assuming you have a pretty, you know, hectic, sort of busy career. So it's not like you can focus all of your time on weightlifting. So how do you keep yourself in the game mentally, especially when you're doing like sort of in a competition cycle? Because yeah, I know there are mornings when I'm like, fuck this. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, you got to do it, right?
1: Well, uh fortunately, you know, my husband and I we do have our practice together. So that's oh, okay. where you know, I just I couldn't do work oh in somebody else's office cuz I want to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, um I do a lot of meditation, you know, like mm-hmm, and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I get I get my uh program and my coach stop giving me the whole program for the week because he knows me so it's like the day of I'll get my what I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. and I sit there and I look at it and then I write my goals down and I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna hit this I'm gonna hit this and I'm not gonna think about it and then I like to do a lot of visualization so Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. helped so much
0: wow that's awesome and so did you do you train with your coach in person or is it do they train you online or how does that work
1: so uh my coach is about two hours away from me so um twice a month i like to drive out to him and get like some one-on-one but for the most part i just send Mm -hmm. him videos and train on my side of town
0: oh cool yeah cool um and then i wanted to also ask you a little bit about um so you mentioned you know sort of being in a bulking phase versus whatever how do you how do you characterize sort of i don't not diet because i you know Mm -hmm. i'm not into that at all but like What's your general philosophy around nutrition with respect to your training and, and stuff like that?
1: I feel like um, following a macro-based diet mm-hmm. will be beneficial for anybody who is in, you know, an athlete or a strength sport because you, mm-hmm. need, you need to properly figure out the amount of protein you're going to take because you're working right. out, you know, you're constantly breaking down muscle, so you need mm-hmm.
2: to put mm-hmm. that back
1: in, but also your carbs. You know, That's your yeah. source of energy. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. all about balancing between that and your fats, you know, if right. you're somebody right. who um, just gets the night hungers like I do, like, mm-hmm. I usually eat, you know, more of my fats towards the night, mm-hmm. you know, so I mm-hmm. won't get so starving. But yeah, so um, it's going to be a little bit different than just counting your calories. I mean, right. you can do that, but, you know, mm-hmm. take a step further and... Look at the macros, you know what right? I mean? Yeah.
0: So for you personally, are you more of a just like you said, kind of macro based? Or are you like, oh, I'm, you know, hardcore keto or intermittent fasting, or I just kind of eat whatever the hell I want? Or like, How <laughs> <what? laughs> does that work
1: for you? So right now, so I've done like the flexible dieting where I follow my macros and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But right now I am doing uh, RP. So the RP template. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, do you know about that?
0: I've I've heard of it. Um, that's Renaissance periodization, correct?
1: Right? Yeah. So, okay, we'll
0: put a link in the, I'll put a link for that in the show notes. But maybe you can tell everybody since you um, talked about it a little bit about what that is.
1: So they they give you some templates, you can also get one on one. But in the templates, they just lay everything out for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, your meal one through meal five, you know, they put in what you need during um, your intra workout during mm-hmm. your bedtime. Um, mm-hmm. They list your protein, you know, you got to get mm-hmm. your vegetables in and then your carbs and mm-hmm. your fats, um, depending on if you're bulking or cutting, you know, if you if you see like some change in the scale, then you stay on this certain tab within the spreadsheet. Right. But if it stalls out, you know, then you go to the next tab.
0: Okay, so, and so are you doing the one on one are you doing the templates? I'm
1: doing the templates
0: oh okay, yeah. cool, so it's it's easy enough that you can kind of follow it without right. a whole lot of yeah oversight okay. and
1: they have like right. an online community, so you just log in on Facebook and mm-hmm. you know I have and any question like you have like you just ask and they'll respond. yeah,
0: yeah, it seems like a lot of people um at least that from what I've been able to see have had a lot of success on that, so shout out to R p and you know, I will make sure to put that link um in the episode notes um. So the next question I wanted to ask a little bit about sort of your, your Olympic weightlifting, like who are your influences?
2: My influences.
1: So, um, back before I had a coach, um, I was kind of self coaching myself. So Mm -hmm. I used to like watch a lot of, um, Greg Everett's, Mm -hmm. um, videos and just read his articles. And then, um, Morgan King, like, She's pretty cool. Um, Morgan, you said? Yeah, Morgan King, uh, okay. Olympian. I've I had the chance to talk to her in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, all around, like, good-hearted. And um, Ursula, I can't pronounce her last name. Papa Andrea, I think. Okay. But, yeah, she's really big on, you know, um, coaching other females to become coaches, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. I like what she's doing with that cool who else just for fun just i just Mm -hmm. like watching them and they're so fun is a chucky welsh
0: yes (laughs) my
1: girl yes like she's a southern girl just like i am and Mm she's like okay i i you know a lot of people like to um just be all cutesy and fluff online but like she's just real you know she's
0: real Yeah. yeah One hundred all the time. I love her to death. Um, I also had the opportunity one way back in my CrossFitting <laughs> career to do a, um, a seminar with um, Kara Head Slaughter, and I mean, when I tell you like I learned so much from her, I was just like, whoa. Um, oh, yeah. That's... Not en- not enough that made me want to actually do it.
1: <laughs> right. But... Oh yeah, she's so cool. I love her. Yeah, too.
0: she's yeah. she's an amazing powerhouse. And, mm-hmm. You know, just being on the Olympic team and all that is just like super dope. So. You
1: know what? Once you get your little training wheels on, you know, I think, Girl, I
0: think... look, don't don't <laughs> have me out look, don't have me flying to Michigan like on. Oh, I'll you to my spine. <laughs> I'm gonna show up on your doorstep in full traction. Uh uh-uh, uh oh, I ain't messing on. with you. <laughs> look, don't be setting me up. <laughs> um so, yeah, so I, I think what I'd, I'd love to do is, like I said, um, because I think this is, you know, this has been really important to me and just, you know, the whole journey with powerlifting and, you know, being an athlete and all of that, like, mm-hmm. I never really understood, I think, like a lot of younger people, the importance of mobility and recovery and, and just kind of working on those things. Mm-hmm. and. Let me tell you something, girl. Forty-five was like, listen, <laughs> what you not finna do is work out three days in a row and not stretch. Like, girl, okay? you sit your ass down. Somewhere. Listen, I mean, it has really like this past year was 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 a huge struggle for me with that, and I think. You know, maybe part of it was ego. Like, I felt like, oh, well, you know, if I was an elite athlete, I wouldn't have to do these things. And after mm-hmm. talking to a couple, they were like, you dumbass. That's how we can do these things. We're constantly getting massages and, you Hell know, yeah. other types of therapies. Like, what are you, you know, smoking? So after um, I did a powerlifting meet and, and, I mean, I trained for that meet in pain pretty much the entire time oh, until man. literally, girl. So the last two weeks before my meat I finally went I have a there's a chiropractor that lives in my neighborhood and mm-hmm. is amazing hey Dr. Jake and I finally was like let me go and he had been um, doing some work with my husband with his back and his knee so I said let me just go real quick you know a couple of times before this girl when I tell you I woke up <laughs> like a new woman I was like I'll be damned so it was at that point that I said you know mm-hmm. what if I want to, and he even said this too, because he's like a, an athlete, triathlete, and all that. He's like, if you want to continue and have longevity in this sport, of course. You are going to have to do this. Yes. Like regularly. And don't wait until you're already in pain. Don't wait until mm-hmm. you're already broken up. And girl, since August, like, it has been life changing. Nice. Um,. And so the reason I kind of wanted, you know, I was so excited when I when I sort of, you know, because I've been following you on social media. But the reason that I was, when I was like, oh, shit, she's a chiropractor. <laughs> um, I had also been thinking about it just in terms of, you know, the African-American community and particularly black women, because we often don't take care of ourselves the way we should. And we're mm-hmm. often overlooked, um, you know, ways that we can incorporate more sort of. um Progressive and uh, you know proactive ways of taking care of ourselves because let's be real you mm-hmm. know I, I'm sure you've seen in the news as of late whether it be with Serena Williams or um, you know some of these reports that are coming out about you know the the traditional medical field and their perceptions of Black women in mm-hmm. pain and how that is it's literally killing us right um, and it's preventing us from getting the care that we need whether it be preventative or you know acute critical care or whatever so I wanted to spend some time talking to you about you know chiropractic and mm-hmm. what that looks like for us you know whether it be in from the perspective of an athlete or whether it just be you know again a, a you know african-american woman wanting to take better care of herself so she can take better care of the people around her mm-hmm. um so why don't we start with tell me a little bit about you know how you got into chiropractic like what was your what was your journey like what was your motivation for choosing that field
1: so uh Ever since I was young, you know, I always wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't know what kind. Um, Mm -hmm. My great-grandfather was an MD, so it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to be just like him, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I majored in biology, and Mm -hmm. I graduated with a bachelor's, and I just decided to take, you know, a year off and decide what I wanted to do with that. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew about chiropractic, because the guy I was dating at the time, his sister was one, So I knew a little bit about it. So um, it wasn't until my mom actually got referred to a chiropractor that I started getting interested in it. Mm -hmm. So we went to, like, this dinner talk, and he was talking about, you know, the importance of chiropractic and what is chiropractic and, you know, how the body can heal itself. And I really Mm -hmm. liked the message. So um, I started getting under care with my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really didn't feel anything different you know what I mean because at the time you know I really wasn't working out however right th- there was one day I don't know what I ate it was super spicy I got mm-hmm. so sick and mm. um the next day I went to him I was like listen I couldn't lay on my right side like I was sweating I almost threw up like what's going on so he said okay lay on the table so he did like some palpation around Um, my stomach area and
0: which is just pressing on your stomach right and then right liver
1: and a gallbladder and so he pressed um you know in like that upper right quadrant i want to say um Mm -hmm. and he said it was like super swollen and then when he did i felt like like a jolt like it went up there up to my shoulder and he's like Mm -hmm. you're having a gallbladder attack and i was like what was like But I'm so young, you know, I don't fit the Mm -hmm. description of having a gallbladder attack. You know, I don't eat super fatty foods. And um, he's like, you know what, I'll tell you what, just come back, you know, for three days and we'll get you adjusted. And if it's still like that, then go, go to, you know, the hospital ER. And then Mm -hmm. after that third day of getting adjusted, I never got that since. Like it was like one of those miracle adjustments. Right. And it was like and I just woke up and I was like. I know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to wow. do this.
0: Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. So, um, so then tell me a little bit about your journey in the chiropractic school. Is it, is it sort of, um, like applying to traditional medical school? Like how long was the program? Like, how does that work? So, uh, you
1: have to apply. Um, it's mm-hmm. not as, you know, strenuous as an interest. There is an interest exam, but it's not fully weighted on it. You know, you do have to have, you know, your bachelor's, right. um, and it's about three and a half to four years and mm-hmm. um, you know it was because the it was so easy to get in. I, a lot of people and myself in the beginning they thought it was just gonna be a cakewalk, but mm-hmm. you know you're sitting there taking 22 up to 28 hours a quarter. and you know there's a total wow. of you know 12 of those quarters you're you're in mm-hmm. school and then the other two quarters you know, and clinicals so uh Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. it was a lot of work a lot of work a lot of study it was like every week i had an exam and it was like i have test anxiety and i should probably get get over it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah and then oh go ahead i'm sorry
1: and then after that you know you have to take your boards so there's four Mm -hmm. parts to those boards and it's like they're super expensive and so you mm-hmm. better pass them the first time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, and in sort of the content, like curriculum, is it uh, like how, what sets it apart from medical school? Are you still taking anatomy? Are you taking physiology, biology? Are you taking, you know, other types of, of, of courses that would sort of set that curriculum apart?
1: So I would say uh, about the first two years, they're pretty similar as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, we learn the same things. We use the same books and things like right. that. But after that first two years in, we kind of take a divergence. So, like, mm-hmm. we learn how to adjust, and um, we do a lot of uh, clinical diagnosis classes because, you know, we are a primary care provider. So, you know, we we do deal with the musculoskeletal system, but we also have to look for other things in that patient right. so we know where to refer them out to. So right. it's a lot right. of that.
0: Um, And and. You all can or do or cannot write like prescriptions for medication or anything like so that? So no, right? at this point, okay. we,
1: we don't have prescription rights.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> what is chiropractic? All right. What is chiropractic care?
1: All right. So chiropractic, you know, is the diagnosis and treat treating um, conditions of the musculoskeletal system, you know, mainly the spine um, mm-hmm. and the extremities. Um, I would go further into saying, you know, it's the art, science, and philosophy of removing interference from the nervous system um, mm-hmm. via uh, a manual adjustment um, so the body can adapt to its environment and heal itself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what it
1: is in a nutshell.
0: Cool. Um, and so, given that, like, okay, let's, so let's mm-hmm. say, for example, let's walk me through this. So, I'm like, oh, the muscle on my back Mm -hmm. damn it it hurts i can't move Mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of pain so i come see you Mm -hmm. i some i come see dr crystal what is that first visit gonna look like
1: so the first visit um what i'll typically do is you know take a history do a full exam um look at your posture i might ask you well for me i might ask you do an overhead squat assessment um Mm -hmm. i like that because i get to see how everything works you know when it's under function Mm -hmm. um and then you'll get an adjustment um and then the second visit we'll go over what I found, and then I'll give you some rehabilitative exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, because you came in and you had like that excruciation back pain, you know that first visit, you may have gotten you know um, kinesio taping, something like that, and gave you some instructions, home care, you know, ICE it, um, mm-hmm. some nutrition advice, you know that first visit. Mm, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and so you are in private practice, correct? You have your own practice? Yeah. Okay. And then would you say that the majority or sort of what's the breakdown of your, of your um, patient basis? Is it more athletes? Is it more just regular folk kind of, you know, coming, recovering from like a car accident or is it just, you know, folks just wanting to, like you said, ha- you know, dealing with chronic pain?
1: So it started out uh, just... Crossfitters, Olympic weightlifters, because, you know, we do have an office inside of a CrossFit gym. But then oh, okay. we got, you know, referrals from, you know, their family members and then mm-hmm. their family members and, you know, their co-workers. So it just kind of um, it's it's a blend. I would say, you know, half and half right now. Which is, oh, OK.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, like I said, I, I really wanted to touch upon this because I'm, I'm really, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to encourage more of us to look at sort of alternative means of care, um, what would you say to convince, you know, an athlete and or a black woman in in particular, um, that, you know, they should incorporate chiropractic care into their long term health?
1: I would say, um, first as an athlete, um, you know, when we think about being an athlete, we think about, you know, body awareness, balance, coordination, power, agility, all these things. and you know, there's several studies out there that looked at chiropractic and motor control. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that we need when we're an athlete. You know, we're asking the body to be a superhero for, you know, uh for a short bursts of time, basically. Right,
0: right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a superhero. <laughs> right.
1: Um, there was a study by um Stuart McGill. He is one of um He's a leading expert in spinal body mechanics. And he wanted to mm-hmm. look at chiropractic and motor control. Um, and what they found was that you could improve your sense of body awareness, joint position, you know, your muscle length and tension
2: mm-hmm. when
1: you have proper segmental motion, you know, of the spine. Um, because not to get too scientific,
0: but, right, you know. Right, I was like, tell us a little bit <laughs> what you <mean." laughs>
1: You have a bunch of, you know, muscle fibers that work to hold up the spine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so,
2: um,
1: and intersegmental. So between the little, uh, joint spaces of the spine, um, they send feedback to the brain. So, you know, when you have a misalignment, you're getting a lot of junk sensory input into the brain. And so it's kind of like, um, a jammer in that signal, Mm -hmm. if you will. So, By improving like motion in those segments and those joints, you have a clear channel now. So now the brain has like proper sensory input. And so it knows exactly where your joint is, you know, where your limbs are, you know, it's the difference between, you know, making the snatch and missing it because you were a millimeter off. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So, and that's, and I mean, I, I definitely appreciate that, like as perspective as an athlete or, you know, that, but. So let's say I'm trying to convince my 80 year old mama (laughs) that, you know, and she's, you know, she's fairly healthy, but she's got, you know, issues. She's, you know, she's got Mm -hmm. diabetes. She's got some, you know, issues with neuropathy, um, you know, pain and and numbness in her feet. Sometimes she's got multiple sclerosis that Mm is um, sort of not kind of, I guess, episodic right now. So she doesn't really have a lot of issues from that. But what would you say or what could I say to my non-athletic? 80-year-old mama, like, you know, who's very much traditional, you know, I go to the doctor and get a pill. And I'm like, mom, what's this pill for? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, what can I say to her that, that to to convince her that this might be beneficial for someone at her stage of life or kind of where she is?
1: So... I feel like growing up, you know, and and your family, especially in the South, you know, if you grow up in a really religious, you know, spiritual setting, a lot Mm -hmm. of times, you know, you'll get, you know, the home remedies, the natural remedies, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'll pray for you or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) I'll pray for you. Right. (laughs) So take it a little further. You know, what does that mean? You're going to pray for Mm -hmm. me. So you're, you're you're trying to connect with my spirit, right? Mm
0: -hmm. So the
1: philosophy of chiropractic, you know, it's, you know, we have this saying, the power that made the body, you know, heals the body, you know what I mean? Mm. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, the mind and the body and the spirit are, you know, intertwined. And so if you have something on manifesting on that physical level, you know, then obviously it's going to affect your mental uh, state and, you know, your Mm -hmm. spiritual state. So I would, you know tell her just to try it out you know and um you know and a lot of times when we do go to the doctor how many how many times do you really feel like they're you know they're really listening to you or you know they're just Never. pushing you out of the door so Absolutely. you know i would say you know don't you want to try another way you know, there right. has to be another way, a holistic way, to get to the bottom of it because it's mm-hmm. more than just treating the symptom. We want to get to the root cause of what's exactly going on. Um, and you know, I don't know any chiropractor is just gonna turn your way because, or not listen to you because of the color of your skin. Because we all have a spine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we all mm-hmm. have the same issues.
0: So, and, and this may be a whole other podcast, girl, right. but do you, so given again, like I said, some of the studies that have come up with, with, um, you know, traditional medical care and sort of how they, they're, you know, sort of implicit bias against, uh, you know, black people, especially women, black women, mm-hmm. do you, do you find, or do you sense, or have you read anything about whether or not that same bias occurs in chiropractic care? Or do you think that generally folks tend to be more open with, with us, even if they're not black?
1: I feel like they tend to be more open, but you do get those people who will judge you by the type of health insurance that you have,
2: okay. and I feel
1: like that's um, across, you know, on the other side, you know, MDs or whatever, and then, you right. know, you have those people who just don't care, you know, whatever, yeah. I don't care what kind of insurance you have we will work with you, right. that type of thing.
0: Right. Um. So, one of the other things I wanted to ask about was, you know, and again, you know, thinking about my mom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of getting up there in years, and other family members, my mother in law too, and even myself, like, with the type of impact that like, you know, arthritis and osteoporosis, you know, h- how it affects black women and how it affects us, what are some things that you recommend that, you know, maybe even we can start, you know, for me putting into place now, um, for long-term joint health and whether that's chiropractic or, you know, supplements or, you I want to talk a little bit about that part too, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, what are some things that we can start doing while we still have the ability to move right. around to make life better?
1: Right. So as long as you're, you know, working out, I would say that's great. That's awesome. You're Mm -hmm. strengthening the core. You're, you know, um, fortifying those muscles around the spine, keeping it healthy. Mm -hmm. But for those people who aren't necessarily working out, uh, you're going to need to actually figure out, you know, your diet supplement, you know, with vitamin D. Because... Let me tell you, vitamin D is probably the one thing that a, a lot, all, I want to say all African Americans are deficient in. Um, mm-hmm. Just simply because we have like extra melanin in our skin, we can't react with the sun as efficiently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's been some studies that's linked, you know, those deficiencies to cancers that have mm-hmm. come up within the community. So right. that's one thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. omega 3. So, mm-hmm. A lot of times you can uh, fix the ratio of omega-3s to omega-6 that you have um, by just eating more of a paleo diet. I mm-hmm. think the standard American diet is like 20 to 1, but the closest you can get to that one-to-one ratio, you know, you're going to reduce your inflammation. Um, I think... Oh, okay. Right. I think, you know, everybody has the problem with how to control inflammation. and. It starts with your diet um, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the digestive system is it's looked at as the second nervous system. So whatever you Mm -hmm. put into your body, you know, all the system's going to react to it.
0: Right. Right. Um, Wow. That's really good to know. So let me ask you this. Like you kind of brought something to the forefront of my mind. And I don't know if this is something that you incorporate in your practice or if you sort of work in conjunction with like you know, in terms of, um, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, vitamin D, omega three, you know, I, have I've I've started to take a lot of turmeric because I had heard that that helps a lot with Mm -hmm. inflation and sort of pain, um, control. And I'm, I'm really trying to avoid taking a lot of like, um, you know, anti-inflammatory medication or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, do you incorporate that type of information and education into your practice or do you sort of reach out to like naturopathic doctors or other folks that deal with, um, herbalists, things like that?
1: Um, I do, um, I, I do recommend. the turmeric and then i just tell Mm -hmm. everybody like you need to be on vitamin d Mm omega-3 and at least um just these three and probiotics you know those three that's going to help you tremendously um and if you're an endurance athlete or somebody who just lifts in general um adding in back your minerals because when Mm. we're working out we're expending all that stuff um, right. our nervous system basically conducts electricity and when you think about it you know what's a good conductor you know your salts and your water mm-hmm. so putting mm-hmm. that back into the system you know you're going to wake up you know your nerves are going to be good to go.
0: How do you do that what's the best way or the most effective way to, to uh, reintroduce that back into your system
1: I like uh, natural calm you know that magnesium it's like in the powder natural form calm. yeah and I think magnesium citrate is the one that fast absorbing so that's going to be good as well
0: okay cool I'll add that to the notes y'all um okay so uh, are so let's okay I think again one of the things you know when I think about you know sort of barriers to you know general fitness or barriers to you know for us with getting the care that we need you know a lot of times it is financial you know and Mm -hmm. if you are not in the space to you know have you know, the type of um, employment where insurance would cover these things or I mean, because for me, my insurance just started covering it. I mean, I was paying out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some ways that folks that may not have, you know, that privilege to have access to like, let's say, a typical chiropractic practice? What are some things that they can do, whether it's do it yourself? Now, obviously, I don't I don't suggest anybody be trying to adjust themselves, (laughs) but you know, outside of that, what are some, you know, resources, exercises, mobility, things that we can do to just make ourselves feel better and to heal ourselves if we don't have access to that care or have the finances to be able to pay for that kind of care?
1: Right. So, I mean, there are some chiropractors who would take, you know, the Medicaid and the Medicare. Um, you oh, know, OK. I would do, you know, seek out that option. However, you know, if you're not able to, then I like, um kelly starrett's book the um, the supple leopard like i really like oh, that book okay. and you know it's detailed all these stretches in there and then i mm-hmm. like the um functional movement systems fms um their website they have a lot of um exercises and rehabilitations okay. that you can do um and then my other choice would be like a yin yoga or if you're adventurous, you can try Bikram or like your hot oh, that's my hot jam, yogas. Girl. Yeah. Ooh, yes. So I was doing that <laughs> for a bit You know, when I mm-hmm. was first getting into Olympic weightlifting, I was like, "Ooh, I'm so stiff. I should just try this yeah. out too." So that's a good one okay. as well.
0: Okay. And then um back to uh and well, let me take this in part. So, okay. I've decided, you know what? I'm going to seek out a chiropractor. Uh-huh. Okay. What are some like how do you determine a good, credible chiropractor from not one? Like, what are some things we need to be looking for? And whether that's credentials or the types of things that they would do, like what would give us kind of a clue into that they're good, they know what they're doing, or they're just, they're like, terrible. Okay,
1: right. So as an athlete, you know, uh, I'm looking at it in terms of athletes, so what I do is I go on probably like the rock tape a website, FMS website, and look for people who have certifications in that, or just simply, okay. you know, your sports chiropractor, because they're going to know. Uh, and Then you want to kind of look for, if you're not able to, but most importantly, you know, somebody who's actually, is an athlete or has mm-hmm. been an athlete, because they can understand where you're coming from, you know.
0: Okay.
1: Because um, I've seen it a lot of times where people just go to, you know, whatever chiropractor, and they tell them, oh, well, stop lifting, or
0: Oh, oh yes, yeah, see. No, uh-uh. That,
1: you shouldn't squat. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, right, right, right. What are you right, talking right, right. about baby squat ass to grass? Yeah, that's functional. That's,
2: yeah. <laughs> right.
1: But, you know, for those who aren't athlete I would say, you know, you want to look for someone who listens to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and just really wants to sit down with you and explain everything what's mm-hmm. going on. Uh There's been a lot of times I've um, actually shadowed some chiropractors when I was in school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they would just, oh, lay down on the table. Let me just, like, find these seven areas to pop you with, you know, and then just Mm. uh, bill you out those ICD-9 codes right then and there. You Mm -hmm, know what I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah. You want somebody who's going to take the time out. You know, my first chiropractor, he... He saw a lot of people, but then he had a resting room. So after you would get adjusted, you would go into this room and it would be nice, you know, the ambient music and just relax to let the adjustment kind of take, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: just like the extra steps, you know, or somebody who's going to call you, you know, the next day Mm -hmm. or a couple of minutes and like check up on you. So how do you feel? Mm -hmm. How's your first visit? You know, and any questions or concerns like get back to me, you know,
2: that type of thing. Oh, okay.
0: Nice. Um, so, it, it, okay. So again, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So if you are a strength athlete and you know, you're, again, you're looking f- for chiropractic care, let's say you, you know, you started going because you had an issue, an issue or an injury, mm-hmm. but now you're looking again, just sort of to maintain how often should you get chiropractic care?
1: So it's gonna, cause everybody's different. So, uh, right. It's a case by case basis, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, what I like to do is I like to see someone, you know, twice a week for that first four weeks, just to get Mm -hmm. familiar with them, just so their body get attuned to getting adjusted. And then, you know, um, if the body is adapting like it should, you know, the adjustments Mm -hmm. get less and less. So you'll, I'll take somebody down to like once a month. However, you know, if they do something crazy like you know, tough mudder or like some competition. Mm Mm -hmm, Or even mm -hmm. if they have a weightlifting competition coming up, I'm like, hey, you need to come in get adjusted. You know, that type of thing. So, yeah. Okay.
0: And then um, with chiropractic care, because I think this is also, Mm -hmm. you know, for some folks, like you mentioned um, when you went the first time, like initially it wasn't that like instantaneous thing. But like how how long should you give it to like, quote unquote, work?
1: Well, uh, that's the thing. Like even though like I didn't feel anything going on, it's like the little things like it's you'll know it's working it's just like huh i haven't had a headache today right or it's just something like oh okay i didn't need to grab onto the wall to walk up the steps you know it's Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. those it's going to be like the little minute things but i think you know that mark when you've hit you know that month then yeah yeah you'll see it
0: yeah yeah um do you find that again as you look across the demographic for your um patient base do you find it more difficult or do you find younger athletes more hesitant or sort of resistant to care versus maybe you know older or masters athletes
1: i find younger people are just open they're like i got Hmm. this thing i gotta ask you a question about this what is this lump here and Interesting. like, can I come in and see you and get adjusted? Because, you know, a lot of people, they'll try to do it themselves. You know, there's, there's only right. so much you can do to yourself. There's only right, right, so many right. times you can roll around in that lacrosse ball. Exactly.
0: <laughs> right. You know, tilt, tilt your head to the side. I was trying to do that. And right. Dr. Jake was like, girl, you're not going to get that kink out doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: was like, oh, right. But a lot of the older people, you know, they're so conditioned to uh, just like, I would say an allopathic model that they haven't yeah. considered. It's not like they're against it, but they just haven't considered it. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like I had one lady and she's like, do you think you can help with this? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's a joint, you know, let me look at your wrist, right. you know. And then she's like, oh, I never knew, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so is there a like a sort of centralized website or resource or like governing body where someone could go and either say, Oh, you know, I got this card for this chiropractor, let me make sure that they're legit and licensed, or, huh, I want to look for a chiropractor in my area. Like, what is there a a sort of a starting point that they would need that they could go to?
1: Well, um, you could do like, I usually do Google, but if you want to know about somebody's license, then the easiest way is to go, you know, on your state licensure, like board or whatever, and just Mm -hmm. look up their license and figure out, and then you can see if they got anything, um, against their license. Complaints or anything like that? Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then, um, this was also something I was just curious about because, you know, again, I had done a little bit of reading and I've even, I think, personally experienced it. Like... Let's say, for example, um, you know, I just, I think given kind of where we are right now with society, <laughs> life is hard for sisters, like it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, every day it's just, there's just something that, you know, you got to deal with, whether it be, you know, sort of again, you know, the perception, politics, what have you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I feel like now more than ever, I know so many of my friends and colleagues are, are, are battling depression or anxiety or are dealing with, you know, traumas from, you know, sexual assault, things like that. Do you, do you think or do you know whether or not um, there's any studies that talk about sort of the connection between, um, um, you know, physical manifestation of like trauma and, and like, you know, sort of mental Um, mental health care like do you find I mean because I'll be 100% transparent here I'll I find that now that I've started to get regular chiropractic care Mm
2: -hmm.
0: my episodes with depression depression have decreased tremendously now I don't know whether that's a placebo I don't know whether that's it's in my brain but I mean I was really stunned by that because I never even made that connection Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on that
1: well, okay, so, like, when, when I go back to the junk sensory input, so if you have mm-hmm. any kind of misalignments, you know, your brain has to process a whole lot, and now it's got this the, the junk input, you know, right. and now, you know, you have the stress from work and all these other things, all these past traumas, you know, then you got your cortisol going up, so that's mm-hmm. the stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as that goes up, you know, of course, you you know, There's a lot of things going on in your body, and you're gonna be more susceptible to having depression and Mm -hmm. anxiety before bed. You know, I used to have a lot of anxiety attacks, and like when I have them now, like, I know it's, it's been a while since I've been adjusted even though mm. you know my husband is a chiropractor I'm really bad about getting appointments so uh,
0: I was gonna say do you have him adjust you or yeah we have a, someone else
1: yeah we have a bit um a chiropractic table here in the living room and oh so, cool you know it's like hey I need an adjustment right <laughs> so yeah I would you know my thing is I would definitely link it to you know high uh, stress hormones going on mm-hmm. you know and then mm-hmm. Sometimes after getting adjusted, you feel that you're forward feeling like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering like, you know, like I said, for me, you know, had I not been having like real physical issues and some mobility issues with heavy lifting, you know, would I have ever tried chiropractic? And if I hadn't, how would, you know, maybe that would have been the thing to really kind of mm-hmm. like bring me through some some serious episodes. So I'm just wondering for, you know, folks, I know, you know, hey, well, I know your back isn't necessarily hurting, but you're going through this really tough time in right. life. Why don't you go get adjusted and see what happens? Yeah, you like, know?
1: Um, um, I've adjusted a couple of fibromyalgia patients. And I know, mm. you know, that's been linked to, you know, the body not knowing what to deal with past traumas and it's storing it mm-hmm. within the muscle fibers. So mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. after adjusting, you know, a couple of those patients, you know, they're starting to feel a little bit better cuz you know, with fibromyalgia, you have you have to have a set number of trigger points to be you right. know, properly diagnosed with it. So it's
0: right helped. right. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. The body, I mean, the body is amazing. Right. And, like it, it, I mean, it really can just kind of reverse itself, right. I think.
1: And I want to say when I know when I'm getting mentally stressed out is when I start having back pain or mm-hmm. um, my jaw starts to lock up and I get like mm. this like tension in the back of my traps and my neck. Like, right, right. That's how I know. OK, I know it's not from lifting because it's not right. going away no matter how much I stress. So
0: I'm right. internalizing right. something. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I think that the more that you start to become attuned with your body, when it feels good, Mm -hmm. then you'll know when something's off. Because I think one of the things that has, you know, really struck me and other folks that I've talked to is that whole sense of you don't know how bad you were feeling until you started feeling better. Right, Right. Yeah. Because if you if your baseline is this baseline of pain for however many years or all the time, you think it's normal mm-hmm. when it's not, right. right? But then once you get through that, you're like, "Oh shit, this is what I'm supposed right. to be feeling like every day." Right. So I, you know, I definitely encourage folks to to kind of get out there and, and um, you know, really whether it's chiropractic, like you said, or you know, stretching, mobility, meditation, all of those things, I think are really important to kind of help you get to know yourself a little better. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I'm going to, I want to ask a couple of fun questions. I always bring, bring the random shit towards the okay. end. Um, so just random questions. So, um, what's in your gym bag?
1: Okay. What is in my gym bag? So I don't have it on me, but I have a photographic mm-hmm. memory. So okay. <laughs> I have these onyx, uh, pulling straps. I have mm-hmm. these, um, wraps that I got from strong, strong supply. Um, mm-hmm. my belt, of course, I have my Oli shoes, I have a lacrosse mm-hmm. ball in there. I have my Lift Genie tape, and mm. I have resistance bands, because I like to do a lot of monster walks. And then I have mm-hmm. another longer band that I do my shoulder activation exercises with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I have my wireless headphones. And uh, that's about it. Sometimes I might have a snack in there with like, old protein bottle I should have. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that actually. Um, so, so there's this is two things. The first thing, I, and I should have mentioned this or asked about this during the Oli lifting sesh part of the show. But real quickly, um, what are some of the, like, let's say someone decides, okay, I want to be an only lifter. I think one of the things that's happened with, you know, and it's great that these sports are getting more exposure. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that happened is that for whatever reason, people feel like to get started out, they have to spend like $95,000. Oh, they got to no. go get the most expensive pair of shoes. Oh. They got to get the, you know, the happening lifting belt, whatever. Like, what are the basic things you would need to start Oli- uh, Olympic weightlifting?
1: I would say... Uh, just sh- shoes. Okay? okay. Um, if you're a beginner, I wouldn't worry about getting like lifting straps because you're trying to re you're trying to gain like that grip strength. You know. Yeah. Learning the hook grip, so you don't need those right now. Um.
0: So as far as lifting shoes, do you mean like um? You know, do you have to go out and get Roma Leos by Nike, or do you have to, can you, like, what kind of shoes would probably uh, work I'm well? Not,
1: I don't know if they still make them, but Adidas used to have, like, an entry-level shoe. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, that, I think, Innovate, if you want to get those, those are cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, as you get more seasoned, then you can graduate up to, you know, the ones that are, like, $200, 300 Right. Right. yeah I even had somebody tell me that uh I can lift and dress shoes so get out of town i don't because it's like a, like a little wedge on the Pla-
0: platform okay right. so you definitely want the shoes though with like a some sort of wedge like you don't want to necessarily be doing it in converse
1: yeah I mean if you have the ankle flexibility
0: more power to okay. you
1: but you know just having that extra heels gonna help you like get in the bottom of that squat easier okay yeah Okay.
0: Cool. Sorry, but to jump around, but I wanted to Not get either. that out there so people, I don't want people thinking that they have to spend all the money to do this. Um, what is on your, um, what's on your iTunes playlist for the gym?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna go in here. I actually like to listen to a lot of trap music when I'm like, oh
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I'm working out. Uh, I got like Nicki Minaj on here. Okay. I got a lot of. Um, Kendrick Lamar okay okay um, let's see who I got on here I got like some Pusha T look at you <laughs> I got some Wu-Tang cause that's like look, my look, PR jam
0: sis you are <laughs> speaking look that's that's my old shit right there yeah. you're speaking my language and then now I,
1: I like to listen to some mindless stuff like uh, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't care it's mumble rap but I like Playboy Cardi <laughs> She said, I don't care. So it's a good blend of like old school okay. and new school hip hop, you know?
0: Awesome. Okay. I love it. I love it. Um, what's your dream vacation?
1: Okay. My dream vacation is just to go to Bali and like, mm. and and just buy like the most outrageous bikini and just frolic around. I know that's right. Frolic around and thong and not do anything. Ugh. Probably Girl. go to the CrossFit gym, live from there. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> 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 yes um drink out of the coconuts and just eat like i love to Girl, eat yep. you gotta make that happen
0: I know. put it on your vision board um so that actually leads into my next one what's your favorite meal or food
1: Okay, my favorite food, um, so since I'm gluten free I really can do a lot of cheating, but um mm-hmm. I do love Korean food. Like
2: mm. like
1: it's just it's just naturally paleo ish. So like mm-hmm. you get all the ferments and then like oh. the Korean barbecue and then mm-hmm. um I like the hot pots with, um, with the tofu yes. in it. Yep. Yeah. But my f-
0: girl, my jam is a uh, bibimbap. Oh I yeah, will me- yes. I will. will fuck up some bibimbap. Ooh, yes. Yes, um,
1: My favorite is um. the galbi tang. I think mm. some use goat meat, some use beef, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's my jam.
0: Girl, ooh, <laughs> I got to come visit you. <laughs> so this is an odd one, but I always I always find the answers to be interesting. What smell most reminds you of your childhood?
1: Smell. Um. It's so funny. I can't remember the perfume, but it came in a yellow, it was like a yellow and ivory striped box. Mm. I know it's old I know what you're talking about, school. and I cannot remember. And it's like my grandma would put that on every time she went to church because
0: I know exactly what you're talking. I can I can envision it. Right, in
1: my, uh, yeah. it's just like being around my old aunties, like every Sunday yep. after church, and you know, having uh, oh, family dinner. I love it. Yeah,
0: I love it. Girl, you know I'm gonna go to bed, and it's going at three o'clock in the morning. I'm be like, it was Gina Tay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I if I message you, you'll be like, who is this? <laughs> It's so funny. Okay, so I want to round this up with my last question for you. What would present-day Dr. Crystal tell 9-year-old Crystal, 15-year-old Crystal, and 20-year-old Crystal? What would she say to her? What advice would she give her?
1: Okay, so you said 9-year-old.
0: 9-year-old Crystal, like 15- or 16-year-old Crystal. And then like twenty or twenty one year old Christmas. All
1: right, so nine. Assuming
0: you are over twenty one. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot over.
0: Okay, just chatting. so nine and
1: fifteen. I would just be like, listen, it's good that you move to the beat of your own drum. It's good that you're an introvert. Don't let anybody make you come out and try to be like this big bad like extroverted person. Um, and then those people who are making fun of you, listen, like, they're not going to be doing anything. Trust me. Just mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if you're weird, who cares? Like, yes. Like you're going to pick, like, things that not mm-hmm. the normal person would do. All right? Right. It's like, right. you're, you're going to start lifting weights, okay? Like, you're going to be into that look, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's okay not to be, you know feminine or girly, who cares? Like right right. twenty one year old, I would be like, listen, I know like on paper you're an adult, but you don't Mm -hmm. have to have it all figured out right now. I know there's like this push, you know, you're you're graduating soon, there's this push to have everything, all your ducks lying in a row and you're comparing yourself to those people who, you know, they went off to med school already, law school Mm -hmm,
2: and mm -hmm. you're coming
1: back home trying to figure it out. Like you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it together
0: don't uh, yeah i love it i love it so where can people find you dr crystal whether it be if they're looking for chiropractic care on the social medias like where where can we find you so
1: if you are in metro detroit uh my mm-hmm. our website is innateperformance.com so it's the letter n and mm-hmm. eight and then performance. Oh, okay. yeah
0: and I will definitely add that to the notes. Yeah, okay. and
1: then online, I'm on IG. I love my mm-hmm. little stories. So um, it's at underscore Crystal Lester.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, from there, you could um, go into my YouTube. So I put that in my bio. So um, I have some plans of doing more videos geared towards, you know, recovery and you know meal prep and things like that yeah will
0: you come back on and share that with us too here yeah oh i'm so excited this has been such a fantastic conversation thank you so so much for just you know giving us your time and, and and you know telling us your personal story and and telling us about what you do and how you heal people I mean I, I really do think mm-hmm. that this is one of those things where there's going to be so many people that this helps that right. you know we just don't maybe even know about right. so um, I just wanted to thank you again for that you guys thank you so much for listening like I said we are back up in this bitch okay <laughs> so more episodes are coming um, you know check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud we have a brand spanking new website www.thechocolatebarpodcast.com we will be having some new merch for everybody powerlifters. Oli lifters, strong men, and CrossFitters. So be on the lookout. Um, check us out on Instagram at the Chocolate Bar Podcast. Check, podcast. Check us out on Facebook. I'm Bree. I'm signing out. Thank you again, Doctor Crystal. See you guys at the bar. Bye.